once again, today we're going to talk about the tefillah of Adon Olam. Adon Olam is an interesting tefillah in that it's something that we already know from a very young age, that this is a tefillah that we're taught at a very young age. It's in the Siddur at the very beginning of davening, and yet for some reason, uh, most shuls don't say it, maybe Yom Norayim, they certainly don't say it at the uh, beginning of davening. Also, it's often said in many shuls at the end of davening, and often it's, uh, you know, punted off to children. To say at the end of davening gives people time to fold up their talisman. So what is uh, Adon Olam all about? Why is it that it's... Uh, I'm not going to answer why it is that it's so disrespected, but why is it that it was put at the beginning of davening and uh, put at the end of davening? Sfardim apparently have a much longer form of Adon Olam, but it's not clear whether the addition that they have at the end of the Adon Olam was part of the original Adon Olam. And the, the truth is, you know, someone asked sort of Menashe Klein, the Mishnah Halachos in Chelek Zayin, I mean, Yudalit, do you have to say it? You know, is it really... Does one have to wake up every morning and say, Matah? When I don't alum, you know, when you're young, that's the first thing you're taught. So Rav Menashe Klein says, of course you have to say, what do you, you think it was put in the Siddur for no reason? It was put in the Siddur so that, uh, because when they were misakin, the Seder at Tevila, uh, that everything was done with uh, Derech Sod, with deep Kavanos. So he says, you know, the, the, the Shawal said, what about your Ben Torah and Taraso Naso, so you don't have time to say it. He says, who's Taraso Naso Bismanaza? We don't use such Heterim Bismanaza. So what is the background of this tefillah? First of all, when it was composed is not abundantly clear. There is a Matamosha in Simulamad Aleph. Matamosha was the Talmud of the Marshal who describes Adon Olam as this beautiful Shir Na'u Mu'ula and says that anybody who has Kavana during Adon Olam that he has a Kabbalah from Rav Haigon and from Rav Shiragon and from Rav Yudah Chassid that, this, that his Tfilos are all going to be accepted that day and that the Sultan's not going to be Makatrig against his Tfilos. But bottom line is what you see from that Matamosha is that Matamosha assumes that it existed already in the days of Rav Haigon, Rav Shiragon. Otherwise, you can't have a Kabbalah from Rav Haigon and Rav Shiragon that, uh, that your tefillahs will be accepted. However, traditionally, it's attributed to Rav Shlomo ibn Gabriel. In, uh, in, in the Siddur Atzeret he says that it's most likely Rav Shlomo ibn Gabriel, but if the Matamosha is correct, it can't be, because he came after Rav Haigon and uh, Rav Shiragon. Rav Vadyan, Yabi Omer, Chelek Vav, Yud, quotes from the Shara Kavanos that the Arizal didn't say any of the piyutim that were offered by that were authored by Ibn Gabriel. He thought that uh, he didn't have the, uh, the the he didn't know the Darke Kabbalah to be Masadir Tzvila, and he specifically identifies Yigdal as something that the Arizal didn't say. But Lechor, if you hold that, I don't know. I don't know. Was also Ibn Gabriel, and you, know, you have such a, a a statement in the Shara Kavanos that the Arizal wouldn't say anything authored by Ibn Gabriel. So uh, so that then Mustami um, he wouldn't say I don't know. Either uh, some even suggest that it goes all the way back to the days of the Tzanoim that Rabbi Yochum Zakai was the author. Okay, whatever it is, whoever authored it, why is it that we start Tfilos with it? Why is it that we end Tfilos with it? Now, if the Matamosha is correct that it's a school for acceptance of all of our Tfilos, then both of those things make a lot of sense, right? Because uh, if you want to uh, to ensure that if if you have something that's designed to promote the acceptance of Tfilos. It makes sense to have that right before you start davening, and it makes sense to have that right after you finish davening. Very similar to of Salvation explains the whole notion of slichos, or even the whole notion of ni'ila. What is the point of those tefillos? Slichos is like an introduction to all of the tefillos hayom that in some way helps push forward the tefillos hayom, and ni'ila is a way of 
asking that all those tefillos that were said should be pushed through in Shemayim. Both the, the idea being that anything that's going to help the other tefillos belongs either at the beginning or at the end. The Chida in Avodah HaKodesh says that the entire Psuki de Zimra is really designed to inspire Avas Hashem, the Yiras Hashem, because prior to davening, prior to Tvila, a person is supposed to work on Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. In the Kuti Mariach, he explains that that's what Adon Alam is all about. It's prior to davening to inspire, it's all about Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. Rav Schwab, in his commentary to the Siddur, in his commentary to the Tfilos, points out that the word Adon is different than how we often refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Melech, because Melech is about someone having total control over something. When we say Hashem is a Melech, it means he has complete control over the entire world. Adon, one's master, has a personal relationship. The Adon and the Eved are personally linked to each other. It's not just some uh, someone off in a palace somewhere that has control over everybody but doesn't know anybody. An Adon is someone who has, who has a, a direct relationship. So that's why we start every bracha with both shame, which is Adon, and Malchus, which is Melech, to highlight the dual nature of that relationship with, uh, with the Rebbe Shalom. He says that Rav Shlomo Zalman Breuer told, was uh, good friends with Rav Shimon Sofer, brother of the Ksav Sofer, and they ran into each other once, and Rav Shimon Sofer said, tell me a good word from Yishver, from your father-in-law, from uh, Rav Hirsch. Uh, and uh, he said over that Adon Olam is about the unfathomable, that even though Adon Olam is about the unfathomable eternity and omnipotence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it makes reference to him in a very personal way. Who? Keli. He is my God. And that's what the highlight of Adon Olam is. That's what the theme of Adon Olam is, that even though he's a Melech, but I still have a connection with him. I still have a relationship with him. And that's why we start each and, and end each day with, uh, with Adon Olam. We start and end each tefillah with Adon Olam to say that when we're davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, first of all, he's the most powerful, so he could do anything, he could accomplish anything, but also my tefillah matters to him because he knows me. We have a connection, and that's the, uh, a great theme to start tefillah with. Rav Schwab goes on to suggest that if a person has trouble with kavana in tefillah, that all he, should, all he really has to do is have kavana for, for that, that shame of Adon, for what that actually means, that I have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just have kavana at the words Baruch Hashem by each bracha, and he says, and you'll see, the rest will flow. The kavana for the rest of the tefillah will come as an automatic after that. In the Sefer Siach Yitzchak, on the Siddur Isha Yisrael of the, of the Gra, he says that we use Adon to introduce the Shmon Asrei also. Hashem Sfasai Tiftach, we use the shame of Adnus, Hashem Sfasai Tiftach, because the Mishnah in Yuma tells us that uh, when they would start the Avodah Sayom each day, they would ask, uh, they would ask, Heir Pnei Kol Mizrach and Rashi of there in Yuma Chavchesem Beis says that they specifically wanted to ask about Hebron. Why do they specifically want to ask about Hebron? Because that's where the Avos and Imahos were, and we need the Zuchus of the Avos and Imahos. So that highlights a potential third or fourth possibility of why we start and end each day with Adon Alam. 
because the Siddur Magid Tzedek is quoted as, as, as saying that it's based on this idea of the relationship with the word Adon with Avram Avinu specifically, with the Avos, but particularly Avram Avinu. The Gemara Brachos Dav Zayin tells us, Miyom Shabar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lohaya Adam Shakar HaKadosh Baruch Adon At Shaba Avram V'Karu Adon From the time that HaKadosh Baruch created the world, no one called Hashem Adon until Avram Avinu called him Adon. Avram was the one who was Mesakein Tfilas Shachris. So it makes sense that when we're going to start or finish Shachris, we're going to use Adon, Adon Olam, because that's, uh, that's the Tfilah of Avram Avinu. They say in, the, in, in many Svarim, but in the Akdamah to the Sefer Kalas Yitzchak Torah, as well as Rav Schwab quotes this, many other Svarim quote this, that when the Gras saw this Siddur, Magid Sedek, he saw this sitter, he was so impressed with that vart, he said that even if it's only worth, even if it only had that vart, it's worth the entire sitter. When they asked him for Askama, he said it's worth the whole sitter just for that one vart. For that one vart. They said that they asked the briskarav, and Avodzvanogs me based brisk, that they asked the briskarav, why was the gras so like blown away by that? Because Avram called Hashem Adon, so we start with Adon Alam, because Avram was a second chakra. It's not like the most ingenious thing, it's like pretty basic. So uh, the Briskarov said, you see from that gra, from the fact that the gra was so blown away by that, that the, the, the way we, uh, we judge a shtikl Torah is not by its harifus, it's not by how ingenious it is, it's by whether it's emes or not. And the gra was very taken by the fact that he, he felt that that was very much emestic. Rav Salvechik thought that uh, the idea of Adon Olam at the end of davening specifically relates very much to the idea of a hadron when we finish a mesechta. Right? You finish a mesechta, say hadron. What does the word hadron actually mean? Yeah, we will return. So we're saying we're going to go back to it. Adon Olam is the first thing you start davening with. At the end of davening, we're sort of acknowledging that davening never really ends, meaning that it's, it's not that uh, we're done davening, we're closing the sitter, but that davening is like an ongoing process, just that practically we have to live our lives. So ultimately we have to leave. But that's the idea of Adon Olam, as if to say that we're going back to the, to the beginning again. I, I heard uh, in a shir from Rabbi Taubis from, from uh, YU and from Tinek that he, he, quote, he points out another possibility. Shulchan Aruch and Simon Hay says that when you say the Shem Hashem, you're supposed to have in mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Adon HaKol, like the pronunciation of the Shem Adnus, and also the Yud Kei Vav Kei is HaYehovah V'yeh. You're supposed to have in mind that Hashem was, is, and will always be. So the Birgra writes that it's not necessary to have that kavana every single time, uh, just in, the, in Kriyashma. And then the rest of the times you understand that it's supposed to be the, uh, the, same, the same kavana. I was at Rabbi Hanukh Teller, who was recently in my shul, and he said he has such a hard time with the Shem Hashem to think of Hayahova Yehovah How do you think of all of human history in, uh, in, in, in every time you say Shem Hashem? So I don't think you have to actually think of all of human history every time you say Shem Hashem. I think you just think about the fact that our Kodesh Baruch is eternal. That's what Hayahovah Yehovah means, that Hashem is uh, above time. But whatever it is, the, you don't have to have that Kavana every single time, says the Gros. So some of the posts can suggest if you have, I think the Mishabur writes this, that if you have Kavana the first time you say the Shem Hashem that day, and then you have Kavana that let that Kavana go on every other Shem Hashem I say the rest of the day, then that works as well. So how do we establish Me'ikara, that we're having Kavana, that Hashem is the Adonakol, and that He's Hayovaviyeh, before we start anything, before we start davening, we say this whole paragraph 
that essentially the entire theme of the paragraph is that Hashem is the Adon Kol and that He is Hayova V'yihiyah. So maybe that's the idea of starting with Adon Olam. It's also a couple of, uh, of quick points just to mention. Uh, when one is singing Adon Olam, because it is something that is uh, commonly sung, one should try to make sure that the punctuation is correct. We've pointed this out in uh, another shir, that it's uh, not Biterim Kol Yitzir Nivra, it's Biterim Kol Yitzir Nivra, right? It's not, uh, it's not that before anything, Yitzir was created, because that would mean that Yitzir is God, and we don't know who Yitzir is. It's Biterim Kol Yitzir, before there was anything that was formed, Nivra, Kodesh Baruch was already, uh, was already right? Biterim Kol Yitzir uh, Nivra, before all Yitzir was Nivra. So, uh, so that's how uh, Kodesh Baruch was already Melech before anything was created. Um, the, also, there's uh, some of the tunes um, may may border on uh, on Apicorsus. You know, they, this and Alpert has a truth in one of the Masora journals about one of the tunes of Adon Olam that has uh, that ha- keeps going back to the words Adon Olam, and uh, at one point says. Hashem li Adon Olam. You know, that, that's the, uh, I'm not going to sing it for you, but you can figure out which tune it is. They, you say back, Adon Olam. So it's saying, Hashem li Adon Olam. I will not fear the Adon Olam. Hmm, wait, I will not fear the Adon Olam? No, you don't want to say, you don't want to say that. So Rav Nissen Alpert is Mekel. He says, it's Yadua, what you mean to say, that you're not trying to say you don't fear the Adon Olam. It's just, that's the derech of the song. But uh, maybe better to, uh, to use a tune that doesn't, uh, that doesn't say things like that. Okay.